1: Anybody can preach, anybody can teach, few can train, and yet fewer can mentor. Um, When we put down these topics for tremble, ye women, I realize that you cannot tremble unless you have a Mourinho in your life to make you tremble. There must be somebody who will be a coach or a mentor. Somebody who can shake you up and shape you up. There must be somebody like that. If you don't have anybody who can shake you up and you don't have anybody who can shape you, you cannot tremble. You will only wosso in vain. But this trembling we are talking about is not to wosso. Because you can wosso. Is that how they call shake? You can wosso purpose purposelessly. But this tremble we are talking about is trembling with the purpose, sense of direction and with the intent to accomplish something. And that one, you need a mentor. No better woman, no better choice. No better person to listen to than the lighthouse woman. The Reverend Adlib Howard Mills. Shall we welcome her?
2: Hallelujah. May we share a word of prayer. Father, your word says, "Unto you shall the gathering of the people be. This morning we are gathered to none other but to you. We pray in the name of Jesus that you will lead us by your Holy Spirit. Holy Spirit, you are the teacher, you are the guide, you are the counselor, you are the one who stands by us to bring the heart of the Father to God's people. I humble myself under your mighty hand let the words of my mouth and the meditation of my heart be acceptable to you. Let the word of God have free cause and be glorified in our lives. I pull down every opposition to your word. I ask that this word will fall on good soil and yield much fruit to the glory of your name. Thank you for the privilege of being a vessel that you have chosen to use this morning. In Jesus' name, amen. Please take your seats. Hallelujah. Well, I want to thank God for this opportunity. Amen. It is not uh, by chance that maybe you get chosen to speak somewhere. I always feel that it's a privilege because if I were God, I would not choose a vessel of clay. I would choose diamond, gold, and things like that. But God has chosen that by the foolishness of man. preaching should come forth. So we thank God to be vessels that he can use. And I also want to salute the man in the house and the woman in the house, Reverend and Mrs. Annaba. Amen. Reverend Mrs. Annaba, For your vision and for continuing with it. You know, as I was thinking about it, I realized that you don't even live here with us. And you travel all the way. You know, you could have chosen other things to do but you travel all the way every year amongst other things that you do just so that this conference can be held. And I think that it's a need that has been there for a long time and that you are fulfilling a certain call that God is calling you to. And I can see that this is just the beginning and that at the end you will need many more laborers to help you harness the harvest. Like when Peter caught the fish, he called on other partners to come and help him harness the harvest. So God bless you and reward you adequately. Amen. And so far, I think that the quality of this meeting has been unparalleled in terms of spiritual depth and quality. And I want to salute all the women of God who have made this happen Amen. And all the wonderful preachers, Apostle Leon, Apostle Lillian, all of you. It's Lorraine, sorry. It's been wonderful. And um, after Apostle spoke, I didn't feel like preaching. I was so blessed, you know. It's more blessed to give than to receive. But sometimes I feel more blessed to receive. <laughs> Amen. This morning, my task is to speak to you about raising mentors. Amen. And Maybe the first question would be, who is a mentor? Is it the one that we see on TV3? That they have housemates and then they go and sit somewhere and then your talent can... Well, it could be a form of mentoring, but when we say mentoring, what do we really mean? And when I looked up the word mentor, it said that it's a fundamental form of human development where one person invests time energy and personal know-how in assisting the growth and ability of another person. So we invest time, energy, personal know-how in assisting the growth and development of another person or to serve as a trusted counselor or teacher, especially in occupational settings to another person. Amen. And interestingly, It also said that the word mentor is actually somebody's name. And that in ancient Greek mythology, there was somebody called Odysseus. And he was going away on a long travel. And he needed somebody to nurture his son. And so he called on a man called mentor. And it was that man that trained that child of that great ruler. Amen. And he did it so well that it became a word. Amen. So I pray that at the end of this morning's session, what I'm preaching about, God would have stirred up the spirit of mentoring in you so that even your name will be synonymous with the word mentor. Amen. Many years ago, when I was growing up as a Christian, when I look back, I realized that it's been like a relay of mentors. There's somebody who brings you to Christ. And then sometimes there's somebody who nurtures you to grow up in Christ. And then there's somebody who nurtures you about the things of life. And there's somebody who nurtures you about ministry. But when it came to ministry, I realized that most of us were first-generational pastor's wives. And I didn't grow up having an older woman, if you like, teaching me about ministry. So most of the things that we discovered, we discovered on our own. And one day, in my prayer time, I was praying and I said, God, I wish I had somebody who could explain ministry to me. Many things you didn't tell me. You know, my mother says that that is why when you are marrying, marriage is the only institution that they give you the certificate before you write the examination. Because they know that if you write the exam, you will say that you won't enter the college. But they have to give you the certificate. You'll be smiling and getting it. Then you greet the, the, the priest. They give you the certificate. You should ask yourself, what exam have I written? Before this certificate is being given to me. But the certificate comes after for a reason. And so as I was thinking about it, pray. And then sometimes I'll even be imagining. So God, I wish I had a place to go to. You know, when you feel too stressed about ministry and life. You know, I could see myself skipping with my little overnight bag to some mother somewhere, not necessarily my biological mother, because sometimes in spiritual things, you may be older than your mother, you know? So I said, oh, if I could skip somewhere, and then I could see myself, they've made me a, a cup of Milo, and then I'm telling this, my mother, everything. And I was, as I was imagining and praying about it, God said, you become that for somebody I said, oh, that's not what I was praying about. <laughs> he said, no. You become that. The things that you are imagining, oh, and then I'll have a mother, and then I can cry on her, and then I can do this. You become that for the person. I can't tell the way. I was very excited. I said, yes, Lord, no. I said, God, that was not my idea. What are you talking about now? You have deviated. But That led me, by the grace of God, to start a ministry called Called By His Side. And I started with the pastor's wives around me and in our denomination now. And I said, God, what will I teach them? And he said, everything I've taught you, everything you know. It doesn't have to be anything so dramatic. You can start in the little way that you know. And I have to say that God has been faithful. And I pray that this morning you will also be stirred up to rise up and be all that God wants you to be. Amen. Amen. Now we may ask ourselves, is mentoring um, scripture? The Bible says in Matthew 28, verse 18 to 19, which we all know, All authority or all power in heaven and on earth is given to me. Go ye therefore and preach the gospel. And Jesus says, "I said, making disciples, not converts." But the church today, first of all, is not making converts. And if it's making anything, it's making converts, but not disciples, because a disciple is a follower, and discipleship is mentoring, you know. And I was just discussing with my husband about the mix in the church and he was saying that is it not our fault maybe we raised a generation that is not right maybe we, we either pampered them too much or because we were not nurtured that way we, as soon as you got born again take you are taking to Legon Gardens when they go they don't give you prayer topics. shall we pray that's all that's it no lorry After that, you have, you have no it. You just drink the tap water there. You can't come and say, Well, I want Vaultic, you know, in this day of uh, infection. There was nothing like that. And you were natured, How to have your quiet time. How to pray. How to have Bible study. The types of Bible study that there are. How to have a personal relationship with God. How to behave in the time of crisis. How to go into your closet and call upon the God that you claim to know. How the fact that your body was a temple and not a lot of kiosk that everybody can come and buy from. And that your body is a temple of the Holy Spirit. And the fear of God that was in you. And before you even come for the meeting, eh, you will confess your sins before you come. Because when you get there, the revelations and the things, you will not be happy. So before you come into the presence of God, you have made sure that your sins were, are forgiven by the blood that flowed at Calvary. But today, that's not what, because we are raising convicts and not disciples. And Jesus told us, make disciples. He didn't say, make convicts. Amen. And I believe that God is the best mentor. Because the Bible says that he called his disciples so that they may be with him. And after that, he will send them out. See, he didn't just send them out. They were with him. They followed him. Amen. And I think this morning that the honor is not just on the mentor, it's also on the mentee. Amen, somebody. You may ask, oh, Lady Reverend, but is this scripture? I believe that women have, not, not even that I believe, we all know, that women have a natural inclination to nature. That is born, they don't say father tongue, they say mother tongue. Because we talk to them all the time, from childhood. Even when the baby saying, ba-ba-ba, we also say that to him. Ba-ba-ba, ba-ba-ba, oh, come. Oh, this, it's all nurturing. So for the, tongue, the child to have a language, usually, it's not father tongue; it's mother tongue. Because like Mama Rosman said yesterday, the hand that rocks the cradle rules the world. Amen. And people like Moses, they were nurtured according to Acts 17, Acts 7. Pharaoh's daughter nurtured Moses in the things of the palace, in in, uh, uh, word, in deed, before he became who he became. Amen. Amen. And all that is mentoring. And spiritually in the church, there's a lack. Not only of mentors, but also of mentees. I'll come to the hindrances to mentoring. But when we look at Titus chapter 2, Reading from verse 2 to 4. Titus chapter 2. Let me use my Bible. It's talking to Timothy. And Paul said, the aged women should do what? Teach the younger women to love their husbands. To love their children. But before it tells us, it's talking about different people. Paul says, oh, Older men are to be sober-minded. Younger men are to do this. But it's only when it gets to the aged women that they are called upon directly to teach and nurture the younger women. And Paul says that there are certain qualifications. Not that you are just an older woman. But he says the older women likewise, verse 3, are to be reverent in behavior, not slanderous, Or slaves to much wine. Teachers of good things, King James says. This one says they must teach good things. Amen. So you may be an aged woman, but you don't teach good things. Amen. Amen. You teach only bad things. When somebody comes, he says, oh, my husband is very difficult. I don't know how to... You use your own ideas. You don't use scripture. Or you do use your own ideas. Sometimes because, first of all, you are empty. And secondly, because your own ideas are stronger than God's word. Or you don't even know what God's word says. So I have a very difficult... I say, hey! Now, 21st century in the way. And he said, what's not? You see? Instead of saying, you have to do this... By use wisdom. Remember Abigail? She was married to Nabal, but by her good understanding, she was able to maneuver. Whatever I said, hmm. And I said, and he said, and he said, You are teaching your own epistle written by you. And it is not based on the word of God. And it sure will not last. Because heaven and earth will pass away. But God's word will never pass away. So he said that you should be reverent in behavior. So it's not that, oh, but what do you show for it? Reverent in behavior, not slanderous. Some years ago, somebody came to the church, I didn't even know. And then, they were in their little groups on weekdays, ministry meeting, they were doing their fellowships and their things. Then, Bishop Saki's wife was leading her fellowship. And after she finished, she closed her Bible and said, anyone who has anyone, anything to ask after the meeting, anything you want to know, whatever. Then a lady lifted her hands. Oh, I joined the church not long ago, and something has been baffling me. So, Mrs. Saki said, okay, what is it? Eh. Hmm. The bishop's wife. I used to like her very much. And uh, one day I went to my seamstress to go and make my dress. When I went, the calendar was there with she and her husband. So I said to the seamstress that, oh, I just got born again and I've joined this church. And this woman, I like her so much. But, you know, I'm not able to talk to her, but I like her so much. And then an old man in the courtyard said, who do you like? So this bishop's wife, near the pictures. Hey, now what do you want to here? She put poison in her husband's food. He was rushed to call a book. She, who knows this is a very poisonous woman. So, the girl said. So after that, I've been coming to church, but sometimes she passes by me. Now, be looking at. Hey, this woman. This woman, but I so it is. after meeting your I so have decided that I need clarification.' church. and when we are like that, we don't qualify to teach or to nurture anybody. I didn't say it; the Bible said it. Because slanderers divide. And slanderers waste a lot of time. God saved these. Days. Instead of nurturing people, they are doing things that... Did you see Heshu? It's from Korea. i saying, hey, how will that make you impact somebody's life? Amen? Like my husband said, slanderers, gossip, that's what we are good at sometimes as ladies. But God is calling us that there's a lot of work it says, tremble ye, ye complacent women. Another version says, careless, idle. And that's it's not idle that you are not doing anything, but you are doing empty busy. Things that my mother, you see, I used to wake up in the morning, then I'll be going, say, do this, do that, and I'll be going, Say, said, you're empty busy. You are walking, you are active, but it does not bring fruits. So this and Mrs. Saki said, I have to bring her to you. Oh no. I said, I'm not interested in meeting her. Once you've cleared the air, I'm fine. So I can't believe it. I said, Well, that's the truth. up to today, I don't know the person. And by the grace of God, I don't care. Yes. Amen. Yes. <laughs> but not slanderous. Not given to one. You think in the church nowadays I've seen that the Bible is true, everything it says. Not given to us to say, Oh, but who will be in the church given to one. Hey. They are there. Amen. Not given to wine. Teachers of good things. The older women who should teach, teachers of good things. Let me ask you, when somebody comes your way or into your life, what do you teach the person? In our church in Zambia, the women are taught by their mothers how to be good in the bedroom. I'm telling you, and it's working. The brothers are very happy. <laughs> <laughs> but recently, one of our lady pastors they said, I said, oh, those wives, they are excellent. The brothers are very happy. She said, but there's another problem that came up. I said, what? I said, they are very good in the bedroom, but very bad in the kitchen. <laughs> so we need balanced mentoring. Amen. And Timothy lists the things. Also to my, uh, Paul lists the things in writing to Timothy. What they should teach, that they may teach the young women to be sober. To be sober. Amen? Can soberness be taught? The Bible says it can be. To be discreet. Discreet. Sober in our emotions. Sober in our emotions. Yeah, eh. When the Bible talks about self-control, that is a place that, if our self comes, is no good. It is one of the most difficult areas for us to um, control. And that's why forgiveness is an issue for us. To be sober. We cannot be sober. And if we think that you have offended, that we cannot be sober. Eh, you do are sorry nah, <clears throat> It may be overt or it may be covert but we will sort you out amen Amen. to be sober to be discreet in our dressing somebody shares a problem with you are you discreet or we'll hear it on morning show good morning Ghana everywhere including the newspapers and therefore trust is not built amongst women and even when she has a problem, you are very happy that she has a problem. No, eh? Now we are all at stage one. We have all come to this day. We are. The... Hmm. Am I telling your number this morning? To <laughs> so be discreet, even in our dressing, we are not discreet. You show all the worldly goods that only your husband should see. You want the Kenke seller, the truck driver, everybody to see the worldly goods. Why? Are you discreet about anything? Can God share anything with you? It's not everything he, he wants to be, uh, what, publicized. Like when Rosemont said, Mary kept these things in her heart and pondered over them. Can you keep things in your heart and ponder over them? So I'm just talking about some of the areas in which we can mentor. And then I'll move on. Amen. They may teach them to be sober, to be discreet, to love their husbands. I thought you loved him before you married him. But the Bible says to love your husband must be taught. Because it's not every time they're lovable or easy to love. Amen, somebody. So you have to be taught. I was talking to one of our pastors. He said, when my wife is angry, She does not come to church for months on end because she's angry. And I was asking the pastor's wives, were you not going to church when you met your husband? Did you not read Hebrews 10, 25, not neglecting to meet? Is that not the reason why you go to the house of God? Do you go because of the man you married or because you go because of the God who spoke? Amen, somebody. And he said that when she's angry too, she will also not cook." So he said, "I'm a man, lady Reverend. I'll be crying, sitting in the garden, chewing ground nuts and drinking water. Yeah. And it's because some of us have not risen to mentor people. And you know what? He added, He had just come to my office. He said, "I passed through somewhere with my wife, and her parents were there. it was a celebration. And then I had to leave to come for this conference. So when I was leaving, there was food everywhere. And I said to my wife, I'm leaving. Mind you, I've not eaten in the morning. I'm leaving. And she said, okay, see you. Then her mother said, she, he saw that the mother called her to the side. And, said, and the wife looked surprised. So he realized that it's not that she doesn't want to do. But the mother probably did not pass on to the wife how to handle a man. Ah. Amen? So the mother may know. But it's not enough to just know, but to pass on. To love their husbands. Amen? Amen? And when a man says, love me, what is his language? We want to give them what we think should be love. But the man's greatest blessing is the bedroom. You to the bedroom, you are like a whiteboard. You will not learn anything new. You will not change anything. So, lady Reverend, I'm not happy. When I'm happy, I will flow. Then we will wait for three years. Amen. Amen. Look, pastoral work reveals a lot of things. I counsel women that they wear jeans to church, uh, to bed. When I said I say, "Wemio." To so love their husbands. And Christian husbands can't go anywhere. They are chained to you. And God just gave you the... Instead of saying, oh, I'm very privileged. I must really flow. I must try. Every day you are trying new recipes. But in the bedroom, as it was in the beginning, is now and ever shall be. without end. To love their husbands. What does your husband understand by love? Say, whenever I do this for him, I do that. It's all good, but add the others. To love their children. Hmm. I thought women naturally love their children. It's not every time your child is lovable. Or depending on the type of child. And Paul is telling Timothy, the aged women can teach the younger women to love their children. Amen. I remember my own uh, brother whose wife is seated here today. He was a total unbeliever. They would preach to him, uh, he does not hear. And it took Bishop Da coming to visit me, his beloved. And then when he came, I said to my brother, Oh, this car, he's gone through the mud and things. So just take the hose and wash it for me. He said, okay, when I came out, The car is lost. It's gone. He has gone to pick his crews. What they've gone? I felt so embarrassed. I said, oh. And then my husband said, hey, is that how your brothers are? (laughs) I was so embarrassed. But my mother had been talking to him and telling me, pray for him. Give your life to Christ. I'd been praying. But God decided on that day after he brought the car back. My husband just ministered to him. said, do you want to give your life to Christ now? Yes, I want to give my life to Christ. And Bishop just led him. He gave his life to Christ. But through it all, when he was not a Christian, my mother had to love him. And still be praying for him. She'll be waiting up in the night. When they come, they can't even walk. Today, they are prophets and they are priests. Because somebody taught somebody to love their children. So it may not come, you know, not everybody's child is so good from day one. And not everybody has a virgin birth. (laughs) Amen. To love their children. To be good. Chaste. Holiness. Keep us at home. And not being nurtured. They can't even cook. My husband says, can't cook, won't cook. I was talking to some Legong girls. Oh, Lady Reverend, in this age, it's not so necessary. We just take a phone and we call. We call lunchbox. We call here. Yeah, they come to our door and they deliver. I went to Ashesi University. The boys asked me, Lady Reverend, is it necessary to marry a, ma- a woman who can cook? Because I think we can call pizza. We can call fried. Men were asking me why? Because there's an absence of mentorship. And these things don't look spiritual to be keepers at home. The home must be in order, but it affects the church when these things are not in order. Amen, somebody. To be obedient to their own husbands. We are good at being obedient to other people's husbands. We are so good. When your pastor asks you for something, hey, the verse tremble ye. It means another thing to you. Pastor. Pastor, please, what did you want? Pastor, please, can I do this? Pastor, please. But when you get to your husband says, Oh, Anka T Pep T Bekipa. And yet on onu." So you Pastor thinks you are a great woman. But in the house, it's not easy for him. We need to mentor the younger And sometimes it's not your fault that you don't know how to cook. It's not your fault. Your mother, there was a lapse. But the fact that Paul will bring this to the church of God, that this void must be filled in the church by older women teaching younger women, surprised me. I thought that he would say we should teach about Holy Ghost baptism. and That also has its place. But he listed all these things. And to be good. Just to be good. Kind, compassionate, just good. When you see someone, you say, oh, this girl is a good girl. It should be because she comes from the house of God. Because we all have different backgrounds. And sometimes it's the church that God uses to make up for lost time. And for the things that we have lost. Amen. So what are some of the things that hinder us from mentoring? Nurturing people. I hope to go into how our nurturing is going to be. But nurturing people and all that. One of the things that hinder us as women from nurturing is... Unhealthy comparison. Men. Unhealthy comparison. Hindrances to mentoring. Luke chapter 1, verse 6. It's talking about Elizabeth and her husband, and they were both righteous before God, walking blamelessly in all the commandments and statutes of the Lord. Blameless blameless. And then, the Bible also says they were well stricken in years. Then they go, Elizabeth is from the daughters of Aaron. She's from a priestly line. Her husband is a priest. They've served God all the time. And if it were today's Christians, they'll say, oh, she's barren because of what she did. But the Bible says she was blameless. Blameless and righteous and the bible says both because i will say oh the man is okay but it's the one i said both walking in all the commandments you know what the old testament commandments were walking in all blameless and yet she had a situation that she was barren the bible says she was stricken in years her husband went to do we know the story the normal priestly whatever and an angel called gabriel came to him and said zachariah the Lord has heard thy prayer, so it means they had been praying for a long time. And Zachariah said, "Oh, how can it be I'm advanced in years, and my wife is also barren so old. So how can that be said? Because you have feared. I've struck you with dampness till the baby comes. But the baby will go before the Lord to prepare His way. This same angel, it would be comfortable if they had changed the angel. But the same angel goes to another virgin called Mary and speaks to that virgin. But that one says that you will give birth to the Son of God. When you came at first, you gave me John the Baptist, eh? And then you hid the best for the last and went to give it to a small girl called Mary. 16, she doesn't even know what her future is. Obiation. And you go to Mary and give her this message. And Mary also reacts. Say, How can these things be? Since I know no, no man. The Bible says that when she saw the angel, she was afraid. And what did the angel say? Says, oh, the Holy Ghost will come upon you. And the power of the most high shall overshadow you. Therefore, that thing which is within thee shall be called holy. And your husband, who expressed the same fear, and has been serving God all these years, He was drunk with darkness and maybe embarrassment. How can that be? And so what happens is that we get sidetracked and we begin to compare. I've worked with God longer. What are the things that we compare? How long we've worked with God for? I've I've worked with God all these years and I've been barren. Somebody who is not even married does not have even that prayer topic. You go and then him anymore, whatever they say. Just like that. How can that be? So the thing is that we compare ourselves with ourselves. And the Bible says that is a very, very unhealthy development. Amen. Second Corinthians 10, verse 12. It says that for we dare not make ourselves of the number or compare ourselves with some that commend themselves. But measuring, but they measuring themselves by themselves and comparing themselves amongst themselves are not wise. But that's what leads to the lack of mentoring or mentorship in the church of God. Because we compare, we compare giftings. He said, why do you give me John the Baptist? Why don't you give me a pulpit ministry? If I don't have a pulpit ministry, there's nothing I have to offer to anybody. But when I look at my own life, yes, I speak from the pulpit. But in my church where I belong, in my headquarters where I belong, I speak only at women's meetings. And then the rest is behind the scenes. I do a lot of pastoral work. I have a ministry. The church is divided into ministries. So I have a ministry that I pastor, whatever. But it's not on stage. So then if I was to look at that, said, only once a year, that's what my calling is the open type. You will not affect anybody. And you will not bring anybody into mentorship with you. Because you are comparing. And when you look at your gift. And you look at the other person's gift. You may despise your gift. You may despise your John the Baptist. And say, I need Jesus. So later I was thinking, I said, God. But why didn't you give John the Baptist? What well, about first? Give the best to the one that has known you best. And longest. And God said, let me ask you something. Elizabeth knew old age. When Herod was killing the children and they had to run to Egypt. She didn't have what it takes to carry Egypt. This one is coming here. Run. What will she do? She didn't have that challenge or that temptation because I knew the grace upon her life. The Bible says, having gifts, therefore differing one from another. Amen. So we have differing gifts. You have John the Baptist. don't despise it. It's a calling. If John the Baptist doesn't come, Jesus will not come. Amen, somebody. But we use our women our human wisdom. So no, I don't want that. I won't want that seen. I won't want one that's glorious. I won't want one that's applauded. But hey, it's God who is the rewarder. But comparing giftings. Comparing how long we've worked with God for. Comparing trials and temptations. Elizabeth could have said, I have suffered more from barrenness. I know the pain of it. How can I mentor somebody who she's just there and no, she's pregnant? Because of that disparity. My prayer will be So we compare. And we sometimes also despise the younger women and we wish them the things that we have gone through. So we don't have the desire to deliver them and say, oh, no, you're not going to walk that way. You know, I made mistakes. Sometimes I was very immature. Sometimes I did. No, you won't go that way. Say, hmm. hey, now you think you've come on top? You wait. And so because of that, women are not mentoring other women. Because we are comparing our gifts, we are despising our gifts. But you know something, when the angel told Mary, he also told Mary about Elizabeth, that she's pregnant, and this is the sixth month. And the Bible says that as soon as the angel left, Mary packed bag and baggage. The Bible says with haste, she went into Judah. Why didn't she go to Joseph to discuss what the angel has come to see? That You know, Joseph, we have a problem here. What are we going to do? She went to another woman. Because it's another woman who feels your pain. It's another woman who can wipe your tears. It's another woman who knows the way forward. Amen, somebody. She arose with haste to the hill country. She didn't announce her coming. She didn't call. She went unannounced. Because the message was heavy. And she needed somebody to unload. Amen. Can you be that for another woman? Can she come to you when they say there's a virgin birth? She has never known a man. She's confused. She doesn't know what she would do. The Bible, the Bible says that it's of the, the angel said it's of the Holy Ghost. What? She's spiritually perplexed. Can she come to you and find solace and strength to give birth to the destiny and the calling of God on her life? And when you, she comes, you say, "Hey, well, first three months in means to me a dream Have you not read that I hate myself for five, five months so that I will not be reproached? Hey, we all have our issues, so answer. "Amen ladies <laughs> I pray that we'll leave this meeting with changed hearts, and we will take on the issues of others in the church. It doesn't have to be a committee. It doesn't have to be a defined group. But sometimes, you know, I just look. God speaks to us. And you can see that this person, something is happening. And sometimes even people come to you, help me. I need a mother. I need a father. Help me. People come directly like that. And I say, you know what? Okay, it's good. Eh? You, eh, join, join. Find somewhere to join. Okay, and be whatever. But the Ebenina bottle spirit must leave. And we should say that I'm going to do my best to help you, you know, and I believe to pass. And I'm running. And when Elizabeth and Mary have an encounter in Luke, Mary speaks to Elizabeth in a very powerful way, you know. Luke chapter one. Um, So Elizabeth has arrived and enters into the house of Zacharias and salutes Mary. And it came to pass that when Elizabeth heard the salutation of Mary, the babe lived in her womb. And Elizabeth was filled with envy. And Elizabeth was filled with competition. And Elizabeth was filled with jealousy. And Elizabeth was filled with anger. Elizabeth was filled with the Holy Ghost. What are you filled with? It's another sermon altogether. together. What are you filled with? The Bible says that when the disciples ministered, the Jews were filled with envy. Filled with envy. But Elizabeth was filled with the Holy Spirit. When the baby leapt, the salutation just came to her, her from Mary. And it caused the baby to leap. And as soon as the baby leapt in her womb, she didn't say, Hey, Jamoia boy. No, she was a spiritual woman. She was rather filled with the Holy Spirit, and she spake out with a loud voice and said, "Blessed art thou!" When the person comes to you, will she be blessed? Can you speak a blessing? Blessed, blessed art thou amongst women. Remember, Elizabeth herself is a woman. Can you celebrate another woman? Can you celebrate the giftings, the callings, and what God is doing in another woman's ministry? In spite of the fact that you have walked with God so long, can you assist to nature the destiny of another woman? Blessed art thou amongst women. And blessed is she who believed the things that were told her. Elizabeth didn't need Mary to come and download everything. In the realm of the spirit, she was ready. And that is why, as women, if we want to mentor we must be filled with the Holy Spirit. And not with other things. Some of us are filled with fashion. Fashion, these, They don't stand the test of time. So when you have trials, temptations, you go and bring it, it's human hair. It will not stand. It's Brazilian hair. Do you know how much it costs? It doesn't drive out demons. But when you are filled with the Holy Spirit, it transforms the lives of other people. What are you filled with? He meant somebody. Elizabeth was filled with the Holy Ghost. And she spake unto Mary. Already Mary felt strengthened. Already she didn't even need to sin. You see sometimes a friend of mine said. She ran away from home. Because the pressures were too much. And she left a note. I have gone to look for a peaceful place. And then. When she got home. She went to her mother's, which was out of town. When she got home, she didn't say anything to her mother. Her mother said, why have you come? And I missed the man said, chadu, 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 chadu. So sometimes an older woman doesn't need to be told so much. She can already see. There is no chado chadu. I will be a I will be you ready. I will I was very surprised. I didn't need to speak because most people who have worked with God for a long time and are filled with the Holy Spirit have a spirit of discernment. You discern so much and you know so much and that helps you to mentor somebody else. Amen. Amen. The ability to bless another woman. You may be an older woman. You may be the one nurturing the person. It may even be a guy. You are nurturing a guy. Remember in the book of Timothy, the Bible, Paul says that the unfeigned faith that dwells in you, Timothy, from your grandmother Lois to your mother Eunice, and now dwells in you also. So, mentorship is passing the baton. So, instead of it's good to leave lands, it's good to leave houses, but something that never changes is the unfeigned faith. See, but because we are not mentoring, we are not leaving anything to the next generation, and we are in trouble. Because the next generation does not even know God. They know church, but they don't know God. Amen? So Elizabeth blesses Mary. and says so many wonderful things to her. And with a loud voice. And then she says, and when this this to me, that the mother of my Lord should come to me. The mother of my Lord. She's not looking at Mary in the physical. She's looking at what she's carrying in the realm of the spirit. The mother of my Lord. Not the mother of me. But the God who is coming to save all of us. I recognize him in you. And you being the mother. Or the person that God has chosen to do this through. I salute you. Amen. And then she says, she gives a prophetic word blessed is she that believed for there shall be a performance say Mary in all your problems I could tell you do this do this do this but what you really need is to believe God and to be strong in your faith because when you are strong in faith it will be answered I always wonder when Jesus was saying to Peter I've prayed for you I would have prayed for other things but he said I've prayed for you that your faith may not fail that's all if your faith doesn't fail you are okay if your faith doesn't fill in the midst of adversity, you will come to, you will be okay. Amen. She said, blessed is she. She has already blessed her for being amongst women. Blessing her again. Of the, how did she know? She had worked with him for so long. She had had her afflictions. She had had questions. She had had things she didn't understand. By the end of the day, she knew that if you believe, there shall be a performance of what he has said. And I'm passing it on to you, Mary. I'm passing it on to you. What legacy are we leaving? Every time you see somebody in the church, say, "eh, hey, brah, no are not going to be able to do it. Ah, you're not going to be able Oh, okay. It's Monday, going to be able to do it. be able to do Never does it come out of you. A word. When somebody gives you a problem, the word doesn't come in you because there's no, no word. There's no storehouse. There's no quiet time in your life that you are you. You are praying. The only time you pray is when it's church program. But to pray that you know your God, you don't. But the people that know their God, they shall work strong and do exploits. Amen. So the main problem is we have nothing to give non In law, you can never give what you don't have. Ladies have to rise up. We don't have to be complacent. We don't have to be idle. We don't have to be at ease. We have to be conscious that the next generation is depending on us. And Mary says, My soul doth magnify the Lord, and my spirit hath rejoiced in God my Savior. For he has regarded the low estate of his handmaiden, For behold, henceforth, all generations shall call me blessed. Can other women pray in your presence? Nowadays, you can't even pray in a Christian's presence. Like, oh, oh, you feel uncomfortable. Oh, what are you doing? What are you doing? But there are other things we should be embarrassed about. We are not embarrassed about. But Mary was able to open up in prayer and say, my soul doth magnify the Lord. My spirit rejoices. God, man. for he has regarded the low estate of his handmaiden can people share their insecurities with you even though I've been chosen to be as it's the low estate Come on, please give me a cue it's a low estate that's how I feel of his handmaiden and then she said from henceforth all generations shall call me blessed if it were another woman I said sir all generations will call you blessed a blessing you two generations but she could bear herself and be herself in the presence of Elizabeth. That is what it takes to be a mentor. Can people open up their insecurities and how they feel? Their dreams, their aspirations. Oh, I had a dream. I saw that God was using me in ministry. I saw that God had lifted me. I said, hey, we've served God for some time. He's lifted you up where? He's lifted you up where, sir? Ministry has become a competition. But it's not supposed to be. It's just supposed to be a big thing. Vine- it's so much. The harvest is plentiful. And Jesus told us the laborers are few, not the Christians. And not the critics, but real laborers who get to the job. They are few. Amen. So, how does mentorship come about? Usually. It comes about in seemingly natural ways. In case you don't know where Ruth is, but you know where to find the weave on. You know where to find that lipstick that makes you look like a caricature. You know where to find everything else except the books of the Bible. It's after Judges. So that you don't waste my time. (laughs) Amen. If we don't give, we can never get. So if we don't spend time in God's presence, if we don't treasure the word, more than we treasure jewelry and things that. Asha, 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 and don't difference. Uh, it's time to walk with God. It will make a difference to your life. Ruth. You don't even have to learn verses, everything is on the screen. Amen. The Bible says about Ruth in verse 2 the name of the man was Elimelech, and the name of his wife, Naomi. And the name of his two sons, Malon and Chilion, Ephrathites of Bethlehem, Judah. And they came into the country of Moab and continued there. And Elimelech, Naomi's husband, died. And she was left and her two sons. And they took them wives of the women of Moab. The name of one was Oppa. And the name of the other Ruth. And they dwelled there about ten years. And Malon and Chilion died also, both of them. And the woman was left of her two sons and her husband. Then she arose with her daughters-in-law, that she might return from the country of Moab. For she had heard in the country of Moab how that the Lord had visited his people and given them bread. Verse 7. Wherefore, she went forth out of the place where she was, and her two daughters-in-law with her. And they went on the way to return unto the land of Judah. And Naomi said unto her two daughters-in-law, Go, return each to her mother's house. The Lord deal kindly with you as you have dealt with the dead and with me. The Lord grants you that you may find rest, each of you, in the house of her husband. Then she kissed them, and they lifted up their voice and wept. And they said unto her, Surely we will return with thee unto thy people. And Naomi said, Turn again, my daughters. Why will you go with me? Are there yet any more sons in my womb that they may be your husbands? Turn again, my daughters. Go your way. For I am too old to have a husband. If I should say, I have hope. If I should have a husband also tonight, and should also bear sons, Would you tarry for them? till they were grown? And would you stay them from having husbands? Nay, my daughters, for it grieveth me much for your sakes that the hand of the Lord is gone out against me. And they lifted up their voice and wept again. And Oppa kissed her mother-in-law, but Ruth clave unto her. And she said, Behold, thy sister-in-law is gone back unto her people and unto her gods. Return thou after thy sister-in-law. Verse 16, And Ruth said, Entreat me not to leave thee. Or to return from falling after thee. For whither thou goest, I'll go, and where thou lodgest, I'll lodge. Thy people shall be my people, and thy God my God. Where you die, will I die, and there will I be buried. The Lord do so more to me, if aught but death part thee and me. And when she saw that she was steadfastly minded to go with her, then she left speaking unto her. So they two went until they came to Bethlehem. Amen. Here is Naomi. She's an older woman. She has two daughters-in-law who don't have husbands. She says, I'm going back to where I came from. And the daughters-in-law say, no, we will go with you. And she say, no, because, you know, I don't have much to offer. And things have not worked out for me. So I'm not the kind of woman you should desire to follow. Because when, I, when you follow me, I can't see a very bright future for you. I can't see your prospects. She says, will you find husbands where we are going? And even, I don't have the ability to have children anymore, but even if I did, is it tonight I will have them? When will they grow before they marry you? So it's actually to your disadvantage to say that you will follow me, you know, but I just want to say that God bless you for the kindness that you have shown me and the kindness you showed to my children. May the Lord remember you for that. This was a woman who had gone through very trying times and probably did not even understand why she had been through that. She was going through her own go-throughs, but at the same time somebody was calling to follow her. God does not call perfect beings to mentor his people in the church. God calls broken vessels because the anointing is released when a vessel is broken. And it is when bread is broken that it can be shared to many. It was the little boy's lunch, but he stayed his lunch once it was not broken. But when the bread was broken, it could feed 5,000. So some of us feel we need perfect life. Oh, Lady Reverend, I've been through this. And I'm going to. my plate is full. What am I going to tell them? When you read on, Naomi said, I came full, but now I'm going empty. You know? So... She will think, I'm empty. What do I have to give? But it's when we are empty of self that God can pour in and pour in and pour in and give to others. And we say, oh, my marriage failed. I am not somebody to advise married women. But it is in your brokenness that you are the best mentor sometimes to minister to somebody else. So I guess the problem people say, oh, this woman, she got divorced. What can she teach me about marriage? Really? Really? And if it starts, are you the mentor yourself? You don't feel up to the task. So, this didn't work. This didn't work. even what? But you are the best candidate to minister to another woman. Do you know why? Because she's also broken. Ruth had also lost her husband. Of course, Naomi was more heavyweight in this. And, we think, I have my issues. Like Apostle was saying. The woman with the issue of blood. I don't know why in the body of Christ, even after God has done a work in you, they call you after your past. Eh? God, Jesus has healed the blood, but she's a woman with the issue of blood. Blind Bartimaeus, He was healed of, but he's blind Bartimaeus, The prodigal son, he came home, but is the prodigal son. Hey! The labeling is not easy. <laughs> Amen. And as she was entering the city... The Bible says the city was moved. And they said, is this Naomi? You've changed so much. Your tragedies have changed you. Your affliction has changed you. You are not the Naomi we know. She must have said, that is the very reason why I said, this girl should not follow me. I didn't even need to speak. The whole village is moved, the whole city. And they are saying that, is this Naomi? And she says, don't call me Naomi, which means pleasantness. He said, but call me Mara. For the Lord has dealt harshly with me. And the hand of the Lord has gone against me. Your mentor will be a survivor. A survivor of trials. A survivor of floods. A survivor of things that God has brought her through. And that is why she qualifies. For Paul said, I bear on my body the marks, the wounds of a Christian. And when Jesus came, he said, feel my wounds. The reason why you are qualified is because of your wounds. Somebody will not go through certain things because of you. Somebody will stand up for God because of you. Somebody who was retreating will go forward because of you. Call me not Naomi. for the hand of the Lord has gone against me. But Ruth said, entreat me not to leave you. You may look like this. You may think that I don't have any chances of surviving, but entreat me not to leave you. So I will never leave you, and that's what a mentee needs: a steadfast determination and a lack of a judgmental spirit. Because I say, hey, this woman follow her; she must be cares though. She lost this. She lost. This. Mm, I don't think. I don't think. Huh? But. It is people who have been through things and still stick with God. They are the real Christians. Not you that you have not experienced anything. They eh, say, I hear they are having problems in their marriage. Eh, I hear that. But because she weathered the storms and because she survived her walk with God, because Naomi said, return to your mother's house and to your God's. And Ruth said, and treat me not to leave you. Where do you go? That's where, what mentoring is about. Taking somebody where you go. Say, where you go? That's where I'll go. Where you lodge, such as where you are lodging, emotionally and all, may not be good. But a mentee is able to penetrate where you lodge. She didn't know her accommodation. Will she have accommodation problems when she arrives? Where will she live? Who will she uh, stay with? Will it be okay? But Ruth said, I don't care about that. I am after the substance of who you are. And I don't judge you by your experiences. I judge you by the God you have walked with. Amen. And the fact that you are even still alive, and you are still have a little strength to take this journey, makes me feel that I should come along. Yeah. Amen! So where you lodge, that's where I'll lodge. Your people, I can see that It's not your handbag. It's not how you dress. It's not your mental status. You don't even have a husband. No. It's the type of God you have. Your God shall be my God. These are the things that we should introduce to people. Our God. The people that God uses and brings into our lives. When we look sometimes we are so artificial about our lives so praise the lord i don't have any challenge praise the lord i have no problems but the bible says many are the afflictions of the righteous but the lord the lord delivers them out of the world amen ladies And we quote this verse many times about marriage. But it was the covenant between two women. It wasn't about marriage. Yes, there should be a marital commitment. But it was a younger woman's commitment to something she had seen in an older woman. And then Paul comes into the New Testament and says, Older woman, pass on to the next generation. He meant somebody. And I'm ending soon. And then they enter the city. And Ruth says to Naomi, Oh, let me go and glean in somebody's uh, field. I want to go and glean in somebody's field. And Naomi says, Yes, go. Go, my daughter. It's a daughter relationship. She's not her biological daughter. But they have worked in covenant and in the things of God so much. But now she says, not now, even at the beginning, she says, my daughter. So go, my daughter. And she went and came and gleaned in the field after the reapers. And her hap was to light on a part of the field belonging unto Boaz, who was the kindred of Elimelech. Your mentor will give you the liberty to be productive. <laughs> and you know, pastor's wives, sometimes you want to mentor somebody and the person is not bringing herself. And then you say, Mm, she's not whatever. But I don't think everybody is a Ruth in the congregation. I think some people are oppressed. And they come with you only up to a point. So, up to the point they come with you, you wish them well in your heart. But there are some Ruths that are called to you. Amen? So, go and glean in the field. She, 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 she freed her to be productive, a mentor. Brings out the productivity and fruitfulness in you. Amen. And when Ruth went, she was going so that when she comes back, she can bring food to both of them. And then she meets a man called Boaz. We would say, oh, it's natural. That's why I'm saying that God uses natural things to bring people supernaturally into your life. So Naomi and her husband felt, oh, there's a family. We are just going here. But the Bible says the steps of a good man are ordered of the Lord. Not the strides, not the leaps, but the step-by-step brings people into your lives. And we have to recognize what, what God is calling us to invest in the lives of the next generation. Amen. And when she comes back, Naomi asks her, so what happened? When you went, what happened? And then she tells Naomi everything that happened. An older woman would look for information, not for gossip, but to know where you are at. Amen. And uh, Ruth said, oh, I did this on the field and I met a man called Boaz and he said, I shouldn't go into another field, but I should just stay here. Verse 22. It's good, my daughter, that thou go out with his maidens, that they meet thee not in any other field. So she kept fast by the maidens of Boaz to glean unto the end of barley harvest and of wheat harvest and dwelt with her mother-in-law. Amen. She knew how you should behave. And she said, oh, Boaz is, is our relative. An older woman brings you into certain relationships you, should, you would otherwise not have had. And she's not afraid to bring you into that relationship. But you have to learn to respect where she brings you to. You see, some of the people who follow men of God, women of God, just by that relationship, you meet people you would otherwise not have met. It may be a servant position, but you just happen to meet people. I always tell my people in my church, because we do protocol, serving, whatever they always meet every great man of God who comes. And they always pray for them. And then the people who are in the congregation, front row, whatever, cardinals, bishops, they may not meet them in that way. So your position with somebody God has called brings you into a place. So just by associating with Naomi, she may not have had money. She may not have had fame. But she brought her into a good place. She, said, just, she gave her godly advice. Glean in this field. If, uh, do as the man is telling you. Obey. Have an obedient and submissive spirit. And it happened in that way. And then, Ruth came again and said, Naomi said, So what happened? And then she would always give her information. And then in Ruth chapter 3, verse 1, then Naomi, her mother in law, said unto him, My daughter, shall I not seek rest for thee that it may be well with thee? A mentor doesn't see a mentee as a rival. Sees as somebody she can promote and help and lift up. May I not seek rest for thee that may be well with thee. Do you have a, a sense of, let it be well with them, the younger women. Let them find better marriages, oh God. Let them have marriages that will stay, oh God. Let them not go through what we have gone through. Shall I not seek rest for thee, my daughter, that it may be well with thee. That is the heart and mental needs. Amen. And now, is not Boaz our kindred with whose maidens thou wast? Behold, he winnoweth barley tonight in the threshing floor. Wash thyself, therefore, and anoint thee, and put thy raiment upon thee, and get thee down to the floor, but make not thyself known. Amen. This is an older woman. Godly and experienced. Amen. She said that he's winnowing barley in the threshing floor. She knew the seasons. She knew the activities that were going on, which Ruth did not know. An older woman gives you an insight, even into spiritual things, spiritual timing, strategic positioning, that you otherwise would not have known. In the threshing floor, go. And don't just go, John, 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 John. Anoint, wash thyself. Anoint thyself. Put on some lovely clothes, but make not yourself known. Amen? Walk in purity. It pays. You may not have had the opportunity to walk in purity, but you can teach another woman that it's a blessing to walk in purity. That holiness is a blessing. You see, as I counsel people on fornication, when I was discussing with my husband, minding his own business, and it's a girl in the choir who teaches him yeah because nowadays it's the church where you come and learn things it's the church where people's marriages break yes on Sunday I was prevailing upon counseling a young girl has gone for somebody's husband She's she's pregnant and she knows in the church all three are in the church maybe your church is different but the mix is a major thing and the husband is so, the wife is so broken, crying, you know. And then she sent a picture of the girl to the husband that after all you did this, then you know what he, he replied? It's history. History it means that the girl is history. Arise, wash thyself, anoint thyself, put on thy garments, but make not thyself known. And the reason why I was saying this is that this guy came into church innocent. He didn't know. But at a point, he lost control. He sleeps with anybody and everybody. So I told my husband, God saying that we shouldn't commit fornication. It's not just the acto. But he knows that it opens a door to some demons and some lifestyle we won't be able to control. That is what God is about. But you may not be able to explain. I said, look, you are the temple. Keep yourself holy. And some of us, if we were to go to Boaz's threshing floor, we will be pulling his trousers. Make not thyself known. That's why we need a covering. You don't make yourself known to anyone except your husband. But you, you have made yourself known everywhere, including inside the church. Make not thyself known. Oh, help your church. Help your church, God. Hmm. And then, until he has done eating and drinking, and it shall be when he lieth down, that thou shalt mark the place where he shall lie. And thou shalt go in and uncover his feet, not his trousers, or any other part of his body, his feet. Some of you say, hey, Yeah, as Naomi told Ruth me to the Holy Spirit has told me to go to his house and uncover, as apostle said, his legs <laughs> in order to hold up decorum. We say his legs. Amen. And says, Don't talk to him till he has finished eating and drinking. Because men are very vulnerable when they are happy. Amen. How will Ruth have known all this? You may meet Boaz, but you may just mess up. You will meet Boaz. You are going into every field. You are gleaning every field. Naomi said, don't go. Stay here. He said, arise. Wash yourself. Wash yourself before you go there. Look good. Smell good. Dental hygiene. Somebody who is not your mother is teaching you all these things. Because we lack a lot of things. And social graces. Amen. The Bible says in verse six is very crucial, and she went down unto the floor, and did according to all that her mother in law bade her. All she did according to that. There are many Ruths without Naomi's. There are many Ruths that are messing up big time, because no Naomi is taking an interest. In them. We are interested in our own issues. You and your acquisita, you are married. And then some your two candles. Every day, you just want to look in his face. Oh, Christy, I love you. Jesus is coming. And you are accountable for your life. Amen. And then some of us are so embroiled with our problems. That we don't think that we, we, we should help others. Yes. But you know. What you make happen for others. God makes happen for you. Amen, ladies. And you will be surprised that it's when you minister to others that you yourself receive strength. You will be surprised. Because you think that, oh, I should sit there till God comes through. But in your need, as you minister to others, God will take care of you. In many, we are running to the finishing line. So when Boaz had eaten and drank and been married, Ruth did all that uh, Naomi had said. And she came back. Well, verse 14. And she lay at his feet until the morning. Not anywhere else. Oh, at his feet. And she rose up before one could know another. And he said, let it be known. That a, be, let it not be known that a woman came into the floor. Verse 16. And when she came to her mother-in-law, she said, Who art thou my daughter? And she told her, all that the man had done to her. When you do the right things, you'll be able to tell her all. All that the man had done to her. But you, you lead a secret life. You are in the church. You are doer. You are a half caste, half Christian, half worldly. And then Naomi advises his daughter, her daughter. Verse 18. Then said she, sit still, my daughter. Until thou know how the matter will fall. For the man will not be in rest until he has finished the thing this day. When a man meets you and he wants to marry you, he will not rest. When I met my husband, my father was very strict. So, hey, we fasted and prayed for about two years before I told him I have a beloved. Because when you, wait, you call me at 7 p.m., I say, Aha, uh-huh, young man, why are you calling my daughter so late? You want to speak to her. It's seven o'clock, you know. Okay. She can't come to the phone. Sorry. So I didn't know how I was going to tell him. Then sometimes he'll see that my husband has come to visit her. Sometimes he'll see that this hey, it was not easy. Then one day I was in the car alone with my dad, and he asked me, This young man, I'm always seeing him going. Has he said anything? I said, Oh yes, he has said something. What has he said? I said, oh, he said he would like to marry me. My father said, really? How often? And I said, all the time. said, my daughter, marry him, He's a good man. (laughs) Any man who says the date, I don't know. I have obstacles. We have to fear. And every day he's postponing the date. It's a bad sign. So Naomi said, sit still. The man will never be at rest until he has finished this matter. Because she knew. But at the same time, sit still. But it takes another woman to nurture somebody else. And it's not just about Naomi's uh, Ruth's marriage. It's about the lineage of Jesus. So someone says, things look natural. Oh, it's just this. It's just that. No. What Naomi was doing, she was nurturing the line for the Messiah. Amen. So then, Ruth gets married to Boaz, as Naomi had said. And um, the people are happy. And in ending 10. Moreover, Ruth the Moabitess, the wife of Malon, have I purchased to be my wife. This is uh, Boaz. To raise up the name of the dead upon his inheritance. Blah, blah, blah. Verse 11. And all the people that were in the gates. And the elders said, we are witnesses. The Lord make the woman that is come into thine house like Rachel and Leah. Which too did build the house of Israel. And do thou worthily in Ephrata, And be famous in Bethlehem. And let thy house be like the house of Pharis, Whom Tamar bear unto Judah of the seed. Which the Lord shall give thee of this young woman. So Boaz took Ruth. And she was his wife. Verse 14. And the women said unto Naomi, Blessed be the Lord, which hath not left thee this day without a kinsman, that his name may be famous in Israel. And he shall be unto thee a restorer of thy life and a nourisher of thine old age. For thy daughter-in-law, which loveth thee, which is better to thee than seven sons, hath borne him. And Naomi took the child and laid it in her bosom and became nurse unto it. And the women, her neighbors, gave it a name saying, There's a son born to Naomi. And they called his name Obed. He's the father of Jesse, the father of David. Amen. Sometimes we think we are doing things for other people, yes. But many times, in other people's blessings, you find out that you are doing it for yourself. Even in serving God. That's how you think, I'm doing this for God, and I really love God, and I see that we are doing it for ourselves. Many years ago, very good friends of mine were in the London church, and they were transferred to a church outside London. I was not happy. I said, ah, Small, no, you love the person, you are close to the person, then they have thrown the person somewhere. You know? My husband transfers this person here, They're not all the time, but like, that is what has led to the growth of the church. So I wasn't happy. I said, oh, so these days when I come to London, I won't see you as I did, because now I have to travel outside London to see you. The home that I found was the home of these people I wanted to stay in London yeah. and to nurture my friendship. And by the grace of God, when my son went there, his spiritual walk with God took another turn because these people became nurturers and nourishers of his life. So sometimes you may think you are doing something for God. Oh, as I'm I'm doing this. Another of my sons went to school somewhere and the person said to my husband before he went there, oh, I just read your book and I think you should come and preach. My husband went there to preach. That was the only encounter. But when he went there, then he saw that, oh, he can come to school here and all that. So we arranged and then I took my son. And then as we were looking for accommodation, when I go here, it's not so, I have my carefully counted money, well budgeted. And when we got to a place, the pastor's wife said, oh, I have this place I should show you. So she showed me and I said, it's nice and all that, but considering the fact that it's furnished and all that, give me. And then she smiled and said, oh, but it's for my sister-in-law and. She says that she came to church on the day Bishop preached. And you should just take it. No rents. No rents. And the course was long. So sometimes you feel that you are doing somebody. Oh, as I'm going here to do this. And that God is blessed. That I have come. But Naomi. The woman said. In verse 14. And it's always women who say. Because they yeah, have And the woman said. That. Are, this child has become a nourisher, a restorer of thy life, which you thought you had lost. You thought you were helping Ruth. You were helping yourself. That is what mentorship is about. We don't do it because we are looking for some reward. In fact, you will even meet ungrateful people. My mother always says it's ingratitude. It cuts deeper. She said that The mistake we make is that we look to human beings we have done good to, to do the good back to us. But that's not what God said. He said, your father who sees in secret will reward you openly. So instead of being flooded by our issues as women, being flooded by things we don't have, being flooded by the events that have overtaken us, why don't we rise up and pour into others? And pour even during our time of brokenness. And not say, I also have my own issues. But rise up. And be a mentor to others. And we will touch generations yet unborn. And we will be part of the history making generation. Because we will put our things aside. And we will care for what God has called us to. Lady Reverend, how does mentorship occur? I believe that sometimes it happens deliberately. But it's not everyone that will have a chance to live with everybody. But one of the ways that I have been nurtured in the body of Christ is through messages. Because when I listen to messages, I don't hear just the preaching that the person is saying. Some time ago, I listened to Reverend Eastwood. And he was saying that his wife was praying, and then she was praying too long, so he started to throw stones at her. You know? That may not be a verse, but it teaches you something about marriage. And also, you get to know that all men are the same. When you are praying, it's not very sacred. But when they are praying, you dare not go into the Holy of Holies. When you open the door, they make their face. So when you hear that, he throws stones at his wife when he's preaching. You see, that many are many other afflictions of the righteous. <laughs> but the Lord delivers the most of them all. I believe mean, my husband can just burst into my study and say, Hey, mommy, what did Mr. Ortiz I say? I am praying. So, yeah, yeah. Uh-huh. So, what did he say? And, and then after that, he won't go. He said, uh-huh. so where are my socks? And sometimes he can even proceed to chat with you. And sometimes, if the lotteries, they can lead you to places that you don't want to be led to. It is. So, Pastor's wife called me and said, I'm going to preach. Every time I'm going to preach, I'm praying and preparing. The husband will be calling me to the bedroom. Let me try. I feel carnal. I don't want to say, Sister. So, I went to ask my husband. I said, So, why? Why do the pastors do that? Eh? The wife is going to preach. He's now leading her to the bedroom. He said, ah... Because when she's very spiritual, then she's very attractive. I think that is the answer. So just by listening to messages, not just verses, you learn so much. And sometimes it even encourages you that, oh, all these things are normal. And all these things are things that we can flow with. You know, like Mama was said, she asked her husband, are you sometimes afraid? Because the way they are bold, courageous, they don't look like they are afraid. And men are not verbal. They don't share what they are feeling. You know? So I asked my husband once, so when you are going to preach, are you ever afraid? Because that's for me, I'm always afraid I have nothing to say. He said, all the time. I said, really? You don't look it at all. <laughs> you know? But you hear that in a message. So just following, even spiritually, closely, brings many things into our lives. And I pray that today, not only will you be a mentee, a mentor, but you will also be a mentee. Amen. And because of that, the church of God will change character. Because of that, there will be holiness. Because when we see somebody who we'll say, a lady doesn't dress like this, make not yourself known. Don't say, oh, it's not my matter. She's not in my ministry. She's not. You are a woman of God. You are a vessel God can use. May we. Touch our generations like we were touched, and may we transform the Church of God through our obedience in Jesus' name. Amen. Mm -hmm. Bow your heads, please. I just want you to talk to God. If we look at our issues and our struggles, we will never ever mentor others. If. look at what we have been through we may just build a monument around it but healing comes when you start to minister to us I pray that this afternoon God will touch you God will show you opportunities, people come our way all the time sometimes you are in a shop you are in church. so many people but your concern and your mind has not gone to them because we are living carelessly and we are idle like Isaiah 32 says. But it's time to rise up and affect our generation. Talk to God. It's not a formality. Open your mouth and talk to God. And tell him if he can use anything, he should use you. When I praying, say, when I
0: praying,
2: Oh, say, say em em brah, me no, o, na, I'm Oh, say I'm to man. Let's lift up our hands in surrender to Him. i yes ye. yeah. need a rekindling of the spirit of a Libra. Oh Oh, yes, we need to be fruit bearing Christians. Speak to God. I hear rekindle, rekindle. Like Apostle Laurence spoke, stir up, stir up the gift of God that is in you. Many of us, there are things that God has given us and they are dormant and they are not for you, they are for the next generation to walk in purity. To walk in holiness, it would take us. It would take you. As for a stirring, a stirring by the Holy Spirit. Oh, kebara moshanderi mama. In the name of Malakode Bashenderi mama. Oh, Kebala boya meka yanderi mama. Oh, thank you, Jesus. Oh, thank you, Jesus. I you are here, you want to say, Lady Reverend, I want a rekindling of the fire. I want to forget my, about myself and concentrate on him. In doing that, deliverance will come. Lady Reverend, pray for me. tap your hands wherever you are standing. So many hands. The Lord is touching you wherever you are. Let there be a stirring up and anything that has been a hindrance. May it be set aside. And for those of us who are being constrained by spouses, may a divine wisdom come unto you. I lift up every weariness in the name of Jesus. Every discouragement I speak to you to leave. Let the people of God go that they may serve the one who called them. And Lord, it doesn't matter whether it's on the stage. It doesn't matter whether it's in the back ways and the alleys and the sideways. You called us to all those places. Oh, forgive us for not answering the call. And for Lord, letting the whole generation go astray. Today, Lord, marks a new beginning. Do something new. Touch your people in the pews and everywhere. Thank you. May we seize the opportunities that come our way. May pride and arrogance not block your way. But may we have hearts that are to you and that are touched by the plight of the next generation. May we not just be judgmental, but may we move to make a difference in the lives of others. And anyone who is called to anybody, may there be a divine connection. And may we recognize it. Thank you for your action. Thank you for a new beginning. Pray for me. I need to get serious with God. I need to give my life to Jesus. I need to be serious about my walk with God. You are like that here this afternoon. Forget about who is on your left, who is on your right. Just lift up your hands high above your shoulder. Give me the privilege of leading you to the King of kings and the Lord of lords who makes a difference. I see your hands. I see your hands. Do me one more favor. Just come forward. If your hands are lifted, Forget about who's on your left and who's on your right. I saw some other hands. Just come forward. Forget about who's here. God has a purpose and a destiny for you. If you're
0: coming, come quickly, please. Come quickly.